Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 453. This is your guide to the geek side, and I am one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, survivor of Michigan Trip. Yes, and I am back and still need to put up some Christmas decorations. You know, some, I, of us, some of us live in Michigan all the time, and we're we're not we, we don't say I'm a survivor of living in Michigan. <laughs> However, I am a survivor. Charlie Carden here, by the way. Uh, I am a survivor of the COVID. I went three years without getting COVID. Not 100% sure how I got it. Chances, April was a carrier. She brought it back from Chicago. She had had you know she had another manager meeting there with uh, her company. I turned around and gave it to her regardless. So now we're both over it. But yeah, COVID. But you know what? Super mild, to be perfectly honest with you. So I haven't lost any sense of anything. I can still smell stuff. Sometimes I wish I couldn't. Like that toy show I told you I was at yesterday with the the room full of bo. Uh, I would love to have lost my would have been like Dewey Cox and lost my sense of smell. <laughs> Yeah, we're in a good spot because now COVID with all the vaccines and everything, we're yeah. in a much better spot to manage it versus those folks who got it like the first round that I heard horrible oh, things. I mean, it's I, COVID hospitalizations. I had bad stuff. four uh, elderly members of uh, my family. My dad's first cousin who passed away, but people who are already in bad health. But still, yeah, it's just it's a tragedy. Tragedy. It but anyway. It is. But anyway, yes. yes. Back at it. Yes. Yes, uh, so we are here to talk about stuff. We took a week off just because of vacations and all this fun stuff. <laughs> and I was yes. dying. Uh, yes. So we are back, and hopefully, you know, we may have one more break just because of complications with the holidays and everything. But we'll see how it goes. Right. Yes. Uh, so with that, we're going to get back into the groove. And thank you for everyone who listened to me last week or the last episode because I did a solo episode. It's a little bit different, obviously, because you got one person riffing and trying I to make things interesting. So just couldn't even bring myself to listen to it, Todd. It was too sad. Too sad for me personally. Not that I'm sure that it wasn't good. I was gonna, but like, that's really you know, great compliment, Charlie. It was just too was, sad to listen it to was you. Too, <laughs> it was too sad for me. Doesn't mean it was too sad for everyone else. For everyone else, I'm sure they loved it. But uh, no, I'm glad to be back, too. I wanted to highlight, I, I did on one of our Patreon segments, but finally finished off the basement, almost because I don't have a door yet, but brought my jacket collection down here. I was wearing a jacket when we started, but it was uh, much like one of my Star Trek jackets. It's like made out of pleather, which ramps up your body temperature by like 50%, so it didn't last. But moved my uh, my Sky Striker up there, and then, yes, I added some, look, Todd, She's or I'm trying to point there. I saved my card for she's or um, and some of the G.I. Joe cards. So anyway, wanted to show that off, but excited to be back and excited to, as always, pay homage to the wonderful folks in our Patreon over at patreon.com slash secret friends unite. We've got a squad of great folks that support us, give us the opportunity to make additional content and just say uh, a hey, howdy, we love your stuff. Uh, on our friends with benefits level, that would be Corey and HG, John Sedorf, the awesome Phoenix Sisters cosplay, Brendan Myers, and we have our first new person in a while. Uh, this would be a guest 
of Marks uh, over on Holocron Chronicles uh, during one of the weeks when I couldn't be there. That would be the Asian Sith Mistress, who is over on Instagram, is a brand new follower of our show. We're going to circle back to that one in a second. Um, but on our BFF levels, we have the awesome Nias family, Sean, Stella and Henry, and my dear friend, Missy Merchant. So yeah, Asian Sith Mistress. So Todd, what do we do when somebody's new on our program? Oh, they get the pleasure of getting uh, bestowed upon them a superpower. Now, this works where it could be uh, a good thing that's useful in real life, or it could just be fun and goofy, because, you know, that's the way it works. The mutants, when they're born, don't get to choose their powers. Right. You get some that are goofy and silly, like Doug Locke, uh, uh, who basically <laughs> just gets to speak in languages, which is useful in the corporate world, not so right. useful when you're fighting uh blob and toad of the brotherhood of evil mutants mm. so with Mm-mm-mm. that um so i will start and i will say that uh asian sith mistress i'm just gonna basis i i don't know much about the person but based on uh it's star wars related i will give them the superpower of being able to ignore all of the ridiculous fans in the world of fandom. So it's like she has the, she has the ability to just, you know, basically tone it out. It's almost like an auto mute of anything that is negative, horrible. She just gets to get rid of it, get rid of fanboys, get rid of people commenting. It's, you know, proof of, uh, uh, just basically gets rid of any of those negative things that make fandom horrible. The blank space. I love it. Well, I would say to compliment that, Spinning from that, still being in the Star Wars realm, somebody who's obviously a very professional cosplayer, knows their stuff, uh, and knows how to uh, function in that world and be successful. Here's somebody who can size up a great deal when it comes to a cosplay accessory. If that's a new pair of double-sided, you know, red lightsaber blades, if that's a new cloak, you know, if that's a new star Wars belt, because all star Wars outfits, if it's not a cloak, it's a cool jacket and it's a big belt and a big pair of boots. So she has the ability uh, to get the best deal without having to break a sweat. That's a great mutant power being the nego- the negotiator like uh, like general Grievous. Not bad. Not bad. The the power of slick deals. The slick deals, which is that that's also your power, Todd. You know that it is. I am. I am the. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I am the cheapinator. The, the a cheapinator. All right. Well, of course, uh, to wrap this up succinctly, again, thank you to all these wonderful folks making it possible for us to make this great extra content. If you visit patreon.com slash secret friends unite, you can try our service for seven days for free. That's on us or it's on them. Um, and see if you like what we have to offer. We've got new stuff there all the time. Plus, you can visit uh, our archive of all that kind of good stuff. So cool. Thank you, friends. And we will move along to back in the 1990s oh my goodness this is from november of 1994 so my my first year at michigan state my freshman semester oh what a time what a time but this is marvel comics issue 53 of i'm assuming volume one of the new warriors this was your young and uh, hip it was a your teenagers kind of early something uh squad when they were getting rolling and by the time we've hit issue 53, we've got just a lot of different stuff going on. So uh, we've got a villain featured on this cover called 
Is it Cyanex? Cyanex. Well, isn't that a P? Like Nasonex. Yeah, Cyanex. Okay. Strikes again and again and again. Uh, and I'm seeing, you know, I'm trying to, Speedball's still a character, but he let his hair go. Um, I think Rage, who was, again, there was a lot of Avengers and New Warriors kind of crossover because Justice and Firestar, who were both on the New Warriors, left to be on the Avengers. Rage came from the Avengers and was in on the, the New Warriors, but you had, uh, who was the, who was the, the, uh, the black guy who was the skate, the skater, the skater guy. Oh, he was a, he was no, a skater. He, well, he yeah, he he, his, he had an extra figure a couple of years ago. that came with the skateboard, but I'm Nightwatch, maybe the guy the guy at the bottom of the screen. Um, uh, then, good question. Don't know. <laughs> and then yeah, I don't know who the guy is with you know the mask and the spikes on his wrist. I'm not sure who the black haired woman is. I don't know who the nerd with the glasses is. Okay, it's and, Night Thrasher. Night Thrasher. Thank uh, you. Yes. Yes. And uh, the guy with uh, who's made out of crystals is that Martin X from the old Guardians? Maybe. There. <laughs> this is great. So there's a character named called the Math Manic. That must be the guy. That must be the guy in the back, right? <laughs> well, is oh, that I him? love this. Oh, and boy. so, yeah, Cyanex, like Nasonex, must be the dude. He's got a long black flowing ponytail. Um, is it all hair and then a mask? Or has he got like one of those masks where he's like, hey, my head's exposed. Yeah, Justice black... was still on the team. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, name Oh, that's uh, uh, name Marita. Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's got to mm-hmm. be Rage, yeah. the, the, the guy with, the, yeah. with all the. Nova all the... was on the team for a time. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, so uh, Nasonex there has, yeah, the big black cloak, and then he's got some bling around his neck. I mean, that's, and then, yeah, he's got, uh, I don't know who the woman is, but they look pretty cozy. So yeah, this uh, just said, you know, 90s to me all over the place. And who's the artist? So extreme. Paul, uh, Paul, yeah. Is it Paul Ryan? It, or it says, the, the guy's signature is like Amulet P94. <laughs> I can't quite tell. <laughs> That's who it is. Amulet P, Richard a, Pace. Richard, Richard Pace was well, the artist. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. good stuff. Good New stuff. Warriors was kind of like the young team with Marvel because there was no young Avengers. There really was no young superhero team yeah. with Marvel forever. Um, the X-Men had the New well, Mutants. The, the new but mutants but that was about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And so then they I'm all not grew sure up why so they were... never had a young team member of like sidekicks because yeah. there were plenty of sidekicks back in the day. Right, and comics are ostensibly for young people, ostensibly. Um, but yeah, but the things obviously have come back. You know, it, it turns another generation. You've got young people. So, oh, man. Well, speaking of people uh, who are young, people who are not young, we were all young once. But you know who was never young once, at least in my esteem? It's probably our senior news correspondent, Madam Webb, at 123 years young. You know her birthday is next month 124 uh january the first but anyway she's down at the corner of hollywood and vine she's long been missing us because she's not been able to give us those fat scoops because we can't expose her to covid she she died in an instant um but let's go see what she's got going on with the news from madam webb let's party now it's time for madam webb's rumors and news take it away boys thank you madam webb uh well i'm glad to see you have been uh released from jail on a bond (gasps) oh to uh, take Black Friday in a different way and just did you became a porch pirate. So uh, that didn't go so well. And all you got to go for it is a bidet. Uh, oh, boy. How much? Uh, Who is you that? Get shaved. Yeah, oh, you, you yeah. for uh, Leafs. 
The le- yes, live. Well, did she live in the woods? Leaf Probably. and newspaper. Yeah, leaf and newspaper. Oh, well. When you can find the newspaper. Oh my God! So Todd is. I was kind of riffing you the pre-roll. So uh, here's a story about your favorite, your favorite creative in the business. Uh, what's going on over here? So Dave Filoni has been uh, tapped to essentially become the chief chief creator creative officer. <laughs> at Lucasfilm. Um, So essentially, he will be now the head of Star Wars underneath Kathleen Kennedy. Uh, Previously, there was no point person for Star Wars. There was basically a uh, story group. Yeah, uh, And obviously, Lucasfilm is more than just Star Wars. It's Indiana Jones. It's, it's, uh, I guess, Willow. (laughs) Indiana Jones, you mean? Oh, by the way, I do have, look, look over my shoulder. Uh, I do have the headpiece of the staff of Rob. Picked this up from Target. Retail fifty dollars. Got it for seventeen. Thank you, Chris. Good sign of health of yeah. the franchise. Uh, but there's also um, ILM. You know who does all the special effects, right? So right. So right. when people say, "Will Dave Filoni next be the head of Lucas?" film and i would say no because he doesn't know anything about the other parts of the business so it will mm-hmm. be uh, a, a business leader in charge of that but you know it makes sense that there's one person in charge of star wars mm-hmm. just like there is at marvel um it's not like kevin feige is gonna go ahead and take over uh you know <laughs> disney because he's head of marvel it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. but this is happening uh and essentially you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting because we'll see how this goes and what it means and will it mean that Dave Filoni will essentially get veto power of everything or is I think it still goes to Kathleen Kennedy like what gets greenlit what doesn't mm-hmm. but he presents all of the ideas going forward and so he's you know, pitching to do this yeah I mean you basically fund it and things yeah. like that out of the Lucasfilm budget the the Lucas the Lucas Bucks. Uh, I mean, it raises a different question. We know that Kathleen Kennedy is no spring chicken. When is she going to retire? You know, and when she does does retire, as you you know, and I think really uh, accurately illustrated that he is not a executive level muckety muck business guy. Who is the heir apparent at Lucasfilm for her gig? That's a good question because as yeah, I we mean, know, it's uh, not Bob really another name. Yeah, Bob Disney has three more years on his contract. He mm-hmm. is trying to right the ship at Disney. They're in a world of hurt. They got to mm-hmm. figure out what they're going to do with Disney, you know, ESPN, right. ABC, all of these things. Um, and, you know, she is was born in 53. So that puts her at 70 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, family, things like that. Um, you know, she's married. She probably has some kids. I, I don't know if that's something you want to do for the rest of your life. I assume she will stay on. Um at least through Iger's tenure and mm-hmm. Iger will align with her for a successor as well. Yeah. You'll probably nominate someone and then Bob Iger will say yes or no. Uh, yeah. So that's probably how it will go. And at that point, it probably makes the most sense because that would put her at like 73. She'll finally be able to get social security so she can afford her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm sure she's scraping by check exactly. to check. So yeah, quote, exactly. A quote from Filoni. This is kind of like, uh, this is kind of like the stepdad to the new kid. Well, I'm not telling people what to do. But I feel I'm uh, trying to help them tell the best story they want to tell. I need to be a help across the galaxy here, like I'm part of the Jedi Council almost. Yeah, okay, buddy. I don't know about that. I don't know. You know, uh, April and I were just talking this morning. We were we were trimming the Christmas tree, and I'm putting ornaments on there, and I have an ornament of Luke Skywalker uh, from that season two finale of The Mandalorian. And I looked at it, and I said, you know, for me, that was the peak of Disney Star Wars was that season finale 
of Mandalorian 2. She looked at me and said, you were talking to some dude yesterday at the toy show where you said Andor was the best thing they ever did. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, you know what? 50-50. It was 50%. something up in front of your face right now, yeah. Charlie. Is that yeah. the favorite you have? I don't know. Show me <laughs> Show me the next thing Filoni's done. I'm sure it's the greatest exactly. thing of all time. And again, I'm talking out of two sides of my mouth because I do co-host our Star Wars show here on the network with our friend Mark, uh, who is a, a rabid loves everything that comes along kind of guy not that i say he doesn't have a critical eye but he's got more of uh the bloodlust for the star wars stuff than i ever could and you could probably say the same thing about me when it comes to star trek you know though i feel like i can pick out when something is really bad like the jj movies or when something's kind of lukewarm but uh i'm more more apt to be like yes give me more give me more you know, you don't know. I, I love, I love Rebels. I love Clone Wars. Those, those were her, his babies. Well, not Clone Wars so much. That was more of a George Lucas project back in the day. But Rebels was definitely his, uh, and things that have spawned from that. You know, Ahsoka was a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, and you know, Mandalorian was fifty percent his his baby. That was him and Favreau, right? So, you know, but again, Mando was two great seasons. And then it had a third season. It's kind of like Highlander, right? There were two seasons of Mandalorian, and that's all that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 interesting because it would have been interesting if they just renamed it the third season, The Mandalorians. Yeah. Because that truly became about all of them, and it was kind of not yeah. just one. It kind of a team, team, team sport thing happening, yeah. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see what, what Filoni does. Is he going to be more like... You know, is he going to be more like Feige, where he basically doesn't have his finger in everything from like the production to the story? He basically says, I have an idea where all these things are going. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, like a, like, like, uh, like an editor in chief, like Jim Shooter. Yeah. Like Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter was the guy in Marvel Comics in the 80s. And while his biggest project, at least that I can think of, was the Secret Wars, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, greatest miniseries uh, of Marvel, certainly uh, of that time, without a doubt, um, and really shaped what a miniseries became. But then as editor-in-chief, he just simply had an overall concept, like what's going on in the Captain America world? What's going on with the X-Men? What's yeah. going on with the, you know, the New Mutants or the this or the that? So somebody who keeps like really wonky stuff from you know going sideways some kind of cohesiveness somebody who is who is somebody who is a a guy you don't want to say a figurehead because a figurehead is not a great thing but yeah somebody like a feige it was funny i watched in my covid bed i was watching i was re-watching a lot of the disney plus marvel uh and she hulk was one of the thing i watched and i absolutely just love that last episode uh where she literally breaks out of the Disney plus app and then mm -hmm. confronts Kevin, the Kevin, the AI that writes Marvel uh, stuff. And I'm like, it, <laughs> it's just, you know, is that, so what, what is the acronym for Dave then? Give me, give me a star Wars Dave acronym. Todd, you're a creative. Uh, digital analyst, uh, valuing, um, Endor. There you go. So that is an <laughs> eminent comeback of the Ewoks. Oh exactly. my god! Exactly. See, our uh, valuing Ewoks is even better. Yeah. Um, evaluating but, so Ewoks. I, yeah. I, I just hope it becomes like Dave gets beyond himself and like his 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 pretties, his 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 lovelies, uh, his darlings, and he <laughs> says, "Right." I want him to hopefully say everything Star Wars isn't just things that I love about Star Wars. It right. isn't going to be just my creations. Different it's going to be. It's going to be 
because I don't want to be like, oh, we're not going to get an Andor or we're not going to get something that right. doesn't feel like doesn't it's connected to everything. and Everybody runs push, into push, each yeah, other, pushing different the tones, different right. types of things. So right. if, if Filoni could kind of like say, I'm going to step away from being in control and having to be create things and, and you know, he can still do his own projects if he yeah. really wants to. But, but foster talent, what are you saying? But if he's too busy people. doing all that stuff, quite honestly, he won't have the time to do right. a thing. It's like Jim Lee does it because he's in charge of DC. He maybe draws a cover, but he's not actually doing a monthly book because he doesn't have the time because he has to keep everything going forward. That's keeping all, and, the, plates, uh, keeping all the plates spinning. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, Valuing you know, you know, we know Disney said they want more executives on all their oh, projects. <laughs> yeah, that's and trust and trust me, I'm going to dig into that uh, when we get into the, the meddler. Geek easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The meddler. The, the meddler. So anyway, uh, just to cap this off, uh, the skeleton crew is the next Star Wars project confirmed. Uh, the Alkalite, we're also going to obviously see that in 2024. So we've been said, and season two of Andor, and then there are a slate of wouldn't it be nice films um, that have uh, dates in the next three to 17 years. So anyway, uh, everything is pie in the sky with Star There's Wars. no animated series like, like, like new on ongoing animated series. Probably, no, right? sh pro probably shorts like the, you know, the Jedi yeah. Chronicles or the, the, the visions. One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those, yeah. Okay. So, Anyway, all right. Well, launching, uh, launching a ride along, and I watched this trailer right before we came uh, came down. I watched because we have we're talking about four different trailers this week, so this will be a little bit of boom, boom, boom. Um, but the first one we have up is Furiosa, the prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, starring the woman that Todd and I would have a knife fight over, Anya Taylor Joy. My God, and she, I mean, she she's fantastic in everything she does. Very express. One wonderful actor, uh, very expressive, beautiful. Um, and yeah, so this is, and the trailer was great because it really did paint a very firm picture where you didn't really know like, oh God, is this a prequel? Why is this a different actress? Whatever. Um, so they're dialing it back many years. It says 45 years after the fall of society and again i'm reminded of the pat oswald bit where he said uh well the reviewer that we had in my small town radio said there's this new movie at the multiplex mad max everybody's out of gas but all they're doing are driving around i don't get it <laughs> they turned urine into gasoline and oh, their new power no yes. i thought i thought that was water world but anyway um this looks spectacular and chris hemsworth is the co-star um, oh, i love it fully embracing his and a cape Fully embracing his Aussiness, it's great. He's speaking with a real, real Aussie accent. But yeah, big old beard. Or not have an Australian accent? No, he, he had a, he had a British accent. Don't he's not speaking. Nor he's not speaking Norse. D I, it didn't sound. I, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't Australian. Um, but yeah, no, this looks fantastic. And you see, I don't remember almost anything about the other film. Tom Hardy was the star. Uh, Charlize Theron was Furiosa. And that it was film, a chase so movie. Yeah, it was a chase movie. I don't remember what the deal is with the guy with the like the scary like mouth. Or Martin Joe. Martin Joe is kind of like the big bad. I mean, oh, okay, kind of very good. And we see yeah. him in flashbacks to this. I mean, we oh, okay. see where he's young and yeah. 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 So yeah, so the harem of women and wife and he, yeah. you know. Yeah, this is this just and it was like a two minute trailer, but this is just a a, a smack him up, blow him up kind of deal. And we're getting this next summer. Was that? Did it say uh, next summer? It's in April twenty twenty four. Oh, okay. One of the other ones. Oh, the last one we watched. Oh no, May May twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. So okay. it, yeah, so it is. It, it said next summer because yeah. of the ones that we watched. They're yeah, they're basically it's kind of a six month. Not window. officially summer, but summer box office. Yeah, summer, summer kind of like the Planet of the Apes. So and this is Warner Brothers, right? So this is their big tentpole. 
to get things going. Isn't uh, it Warner Brothers or is it Universal? So? Okay. I believe so. Gotcha. But yeah, I'm fired up. This looks like fun. Great trailer. You know, they, they they hit on all the notes of things that are meant to get people excited about seeing a film. So I think they pulled it off. So I'm 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 down. This looks totally awesome. Yeah, George Miller, he doesn't make many movies, but when he does, they are amazing. Um, and it is typically very uh, much a lot of uh, practical effects. Mm-hmm. And then he does things with the saturation of color, so it looks very much uh, really kind of overkill at times, which is great. And it's just, I guess they had to even had Fury Road had a black and white edition, which I heard was awesome. Um, so I, 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 I'm excited for this film. I normally don't like prequels, but um, I'm cold George, now, so I'm putting my jacket but, back on. Okay, <laughs> but, old man. Uh, but you know, George Miller wouldn't do a movie he wasn't interested. in. He could have just done a sequel to Mad Max, but he felt like there was something there in bringing an actor uh, like uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who's basically playing, you know, a young Charlize Theron. Uh, that's that's awesome. So I'm excited to see where this goes. It's going to be over the top, and uh, yeah. Love this. Can Sweet. Wait. All over it. So moving along, something that we'll see a little quicker. Uh, we got a one-two punch about the boys franchise. Now we wrapped up we wrapped up Gen V, uh, and that was obviously with the intent of spinning into a second season because it was left on a cliffhanger. Um, but the uh the train is not stopping uh for things related to the boys because we got a trailer for season four. Uh it is season four, season three, season four. Season four. Coming. Did we get a coming soon? Yeah, we got a coming soon out of this, which I was super proud of. 2024. Pressed. Yeah, yippee. Okay, good. That That's soon enough. It's 12 months. Um, but we're getting, obviously, we're rolling into what we uh, had in the previous season. Homelander is getting ever closer to just completely going off the rails. Uh, he's arm in arm with his son, uh, who uh, is, you know, was was raised by Billy Butcher's, you know, late wife and he's you can tell this kid i mean this kid was on his way to the dark side at the end of the last season um but we're getting a new character in the form of negan himself god do i love that dude um but his you see him uh sitting and chit-chatting with uh with billy butcher at some point i'm not 100 certain of his role in it do you know uh good question and the reason why he's involved is because um, he was Eric Kripke, who's the producer of the right. series. Um, he, they were, they worked on supernatural for, yeah, for yeah, years. Yeah. There you go. And so that's why he's brought him, which is great. I mean, that's why you saw, uh, Jensen Eccles and maybe we'll get Jared Padalecki eventually. Oh, a little reunion. They'd yeah. be fabulous. Yeah. Because obviously, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the, the father of those two boys who were the crux of the series. You didn't see him very often. Um, yeah. and flashbacks mostly. Cause I think he didn't, he die in the first episode or he was already dead. The first episode of that show, Supernatural. Mm. It was something like that. And then there was the spinoff, which was obviously a prequel. Which oh, no, no. He, the dad didn't die. In the, no, dad was on for multiple seasons. Was he uh, really? The mother was dead. That was oh, okay. the person who said, no, he, he died at the end of season two, I believe. Oh, there we go. Yeah. See, I never, yeah. I, and I probably watched the first couple seasons yeah. of that, but it was, I didn't finish. I know April finally finished. She was yeah. a fan. And I know, I've never it. finished it, but I, I do watch an episode every once in a while just to keep watching it. Cause I love it so yeah. much. So I'm like, yeah. I don't want it to end, but I will keep watching. Aww, and, uh, I hear you. It's so great. Yeah. Um, um, but, it, but it, yeah, but, but yeah, we're looking at, so this looks fantastic. 2024. Let's hopefully, so hopefully that means that's the first half of the year. It's coming from Amazon. I think they said, we were watching the trailers from the, no, I'm thinking of something else. It was one of these we were watching said from the studio that brought you the boys. 
I think it's one of the other trailers, and two day shipping. And April said, "What the hell does two day? What is two day shipping? Is that a movie Prime. or something?" No, babe, that's Prime. It's that issues. Oh, that's very clever. Okay, no, it was that's from one just, of the yes. other. Tra- yeah, it was one of the other trailers that we yeah. have to talk about. But, um, but yeah, yeah they're, uh, they're and they're looking at another spinoff. So tell me. Well, I was going to say in, in in the boys season four, it looks like it's really going to be about Starlight gets to be basically. Oh yeah, kind yeah. Of the alternate. It's kind of like political. Now we've got. Um, uh, you know, Homelander being Newman, on the uh, side yeah. of, um, you know, the, the conservative side. And then we've got political politicizing star starlight as kind of like the other side of the coin, which I don't know what that means. Cause are they voting for them for president? Oh God. <laughs> is she supposed to be the leader? Is she like going to be voted in as the leader of the you know, seven? seven? Oh God. I don't know. I, so I'm not sure where that's going. And you've but, got the, um, the string puller. Is it, it was a Victor. Her name is not Victoria Newman. Cause I'm thinking of Victor Newman from the soap. We all watch, but oh, Newman yeah. is her last name. Yeah. Senator Newman or whatever. The one who can yep. blow up people's heads. Yep. Which um, we have that yeah. connection in Gen V. In Gen V. Yeah, cool. exactly. Yep. Most F. So well, cool. Well, yeah, as we know more, so will you, but anyway, like I was saying, tell us about this spinoff with Andor. Andor is going to be in the spinoff or involved. Yeah, um, we're getting a spinoff of The Boys, which is essentially being set in Mexico. They're calling it The Boys Mexico, Los Chicos Mexico, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and it's got uh, basically, it's got um, the the producer is the writer of Blue Beetle, which I liked. Um, yeah. And Diego Luna and uh, Gail Garcia Bernal are going to be mm-hmm. executive producers as well. And most likely they'll probably be acting in this because typically yeah. when you get actors involved like this level, that's where we're going to be involved. Yeah. And this is going to be uh, shot in uh, Latin America and it will be a Spanish. I, I'm assuming we'll get dual languages in this so it can work in other countries. Right. But um, I mean, they do that anyway. Have, just yeah, re-dubbing. we have seen, but you know, the cool thing about this, we do know that the boys is a, like superheroes are a global, global phenomenon. We saw like what that one, uh, terrorist that was, that they went to take down in a, uh, probably middle Eastern country. So we know that there are soups outside of the United States. Right. And so this is kind of bringing like more of a global bent to this, uh, mm-hmm. especially after Gen V probably got, you know, moved around. I think yeah. that was part of it. Homelander wants to make more soups, yeah. um, as well. So this could be good. And I will say that I know people are saying, oh, God, there's so much of this. But I'm like, literally, we get one season of the boy once a year. We get maybe Gen V will get that once with a the, year. With the boys, it's it's been a couple years, hasn't well, it? Yeah. Morris? So we're not yeah. getting it like every three months. We've got a new season like The Bachelor yeah. or something like that. So I'm <laughs> cool with that. You know, the, the Golden Bachelor just wrapped up. And I'm talking to my friend Tamara, who's one of my oldest friends who lives in the neighborhood. And she's like, my mother is making me watch this Golden Bachelor. So this is old dude trying to pick a bride. We saw a clip on it from one of the... <laughs> from one of the late night shows it's absolutely just like who is it's a guy who's probably i won't say he's my dad's age but he's pretty damn close like 70 72 i think oh my god that is my dad's age my god all my ex a little bit younger but yeah picking out a bride it's like who who is entertained by this stuff somebody because obviously the bachelor's been on for 48 years or whatever Apparently, i don't know oh my god and one of the women uh that was up for the finale is from minnesota she is a was she the one who won executive chef like this big chef dude in the area she's the wife Uh, of so she's trying to get double married ex-wife ex-wife uh yeah not not like that no uh and it's funny because um 
there's all now we're finding out oh he's not he's not everything he said he was i'm like oh yeah what the bachelor they they, they aren't 100 percent truthful how dare they are you sure oh my god i know i'm but it's better than seeing like young wahoos are like oh i'm 25 and beautiful and i can't find love yeah right oh life is so hard oh this is so special all right moving on to trash and the bachelor uh we probably heard some some hate some hate from that hold on um here yeah this is a your link we just took me to anyway i will put a new link in it that uh, is okay you know me i can riff um so todd fallout is a video game i know my son played this you know as he was growing up it was a very big thing for him when we would go to comic cons years ago uh he would collect merch like the little bottle cap or whatever was a big deal yeah, fallout um, boy uh but yeah Pit, you know Pit, uh, yeah oh fall, fallout boy not like nah, 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 not or the fallout Pit boy, Pit boy yeah. sorry his name is yeah Pit boy. and it was yeah. basically yeah the the logo for it was basically it was like uh, here in michigan we have elias brothers big boy and so yeah. he was basically big boy but he was blonde uh, but anyway yep. yeah it's a it's a video game series about a post-apocalyptic future but I, I adored this trailer with all the just crazy, weird bullshit, giant cockroaches, giant dogs with like mouths that had fingers in them or something. This was just, it was, I, I messaged you and John in our group chat. I'm like, this is a, a effed up fever dream and I'm all in. Let's do this. Um, this is the one the trailer said from the studio that brought you the boys and two day shipping in April said, what's, what's two day shipping? <laughs> is that a new show? <laughs> <laughs> I think there should. I'm assuming there will be an Amazon show eventually uh, yeah. about an Amazon distribution center right. uh, where they show how well they treat their workers. Oh yes, exa- <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it won't be an episode of Undercover Boss. Um, no, but yeah, exactly. this you know. I, and again, the only context I have is obviously I know it's a game post apocalypse, but I didn't know that it was um, so satirical uh, that yeah. you know. Yeah, so you you kind of described it as being like a, a dystopian uh, kind of violent, like kind of a horror satire for lack of a, you know, for a way kind to of, Yeah, it. and and because there is a, you're kind of an unknown, like, it, from the perspective of the game, it's like you can have so many different side stories, and yeah. you can encounter everything, you can get involved in everything. So the cool part about this is there's really no canon story. So yeah. you can tell a story from any perspective in this world, and it is essentially, uh, basically, nuclear war happened in the future, uh, people were put in these vaults to survive. That's why you mm-hmm. see these people in, like these blue costumes, Charlie. They all they're called nice. vault dwellers. Uh, and you know, I don't know how long they were supposed to stay in these shelters, but it's been generations, and this is like yeah. forty years later, I think. And then this woman, basically, she's going to be our main uh, character. She decides to go out in the world, and some people have oh, survived. So it's like that movie Blast for the Past with Brendan Fraser, right? Kind from the of, early two thousand. Yeah, there you go. Things are not so great. Yeah, there's yeah. mutated creatures. There are, and it's funny because Walton Goggins, who's a great actor, oh, he's well, awesome Goggins. in everything he does. Yeah. He's playing a character called uh, the Ghoul, which mm-hmm. is a character. In the games essentially it's the people that are really mutated and become eventually zombies and oh, flesh-eating characters but Delightful. he has stopped his progress like he he's just so he's that's why you see his nose the way he is he's kind of like a clint eastwood type character with kind oh. of a mixed morality <laughs> so right. um yeah i think this is it, it looks good it looks like it plays the part it plays with it's like retro future though because it plays with some things that kind of look like they're still set in the 50s or 40s right and the music is set in the, like the music hasn't advanced from like a specific time period either which yeah. is fun yeah it's it's really cool there That's are awesome. uh, and you see guys like in big suits those are kind of like the big um uh basically uh factions called i think it's called the steel 
Steel Brigade or something like that. So there's steel military, grip, but it's like still lawless. Steel Grip Starkey from uh, the yeah. new universe. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And they actually cool. had a spinoff game called New Vegas where you went to Vegas, but it was like Vegas was one of the only player areas where it was actually still kind of not horrible. Yeah. And then they've had other ones too, where it takes place in like Massachusetts and, and you Mass- go to different parts of the country. Massachusetts. Awesome. So that's yeah. cool. So that one, again, I'm assuming, do we get, I, I, did we get April a date 12th. on this one? Yes, I put it. I think I put it on the calendar. Oh, quick sidebar, and we didn't do up a story about this. We don't have a uh, speaking of April, finally getting Star Trek Discovery season five final season in April. No date yet, and that rolled out from some kind of expo overseas. So we don't. Yeah, oh, we that's don't right. Our, Brazil. Yeah. They did their yeah. big thing. I think that's why we got so much stuff happening. Because yeah. like there was a trailer for the new House of Dragons, which oh yeah, yeah. I didn't put in here, but that's coming out in 2024 too. Because that's when the only summer. Shows, that's actually, the summer one. Yeah. Summer. I, that's kind of oh, where it yeah. came out last last time it came out so i believe so yeah yeah, yeah. so there really fun. wasn't much in that trailer like I, I didn't have much to say about it it looked cool yeah. and i'm excited for it so yeah it's coming yep you didn't have a lot of plot details but tad now okay so our final trailer now this is a show i don't feel like you really dug on because it wasn't really super faithful to the video game another video game thing but i remember the conversation we had at the time and it was probably about it was it earlier this year or about a year ago this dropped. I can't well, remember. This it came out yeah. in twenty twenty one. Okay, I know yeah, I was. Super Bowl, I, I think I know I was watching. It and I was like, yeah, it's all right. Um, but I know that that diehards of it uh, were were in were up in arms because it just was so unfaithful. So the video game we're talking about Halo over on Paramount Plus. Um, but you're right. Two years gone by. I have almost no idea what the hell happened. We'll definitely right. have to March watch twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. So oh, it, there you it'll go. Be, it'll be two years. It'll be two years. So yeah, I will yeah. definitely have to uh, watch some YouTube catch up videos to kind of get hip to what was going on. But yeah, once again, it's the future. You know, we have you know space marines and they're out doing stuff, and then you have one guy who has a you know life beyond death kind of experience. And I know there was a woman and they were connected in some fashion and it's had to do with this weird key thing. And then, so we're continuing with that story. And it's funny. I watched, I, I watched those, like what's the biggest space vehicle video. And I think at the end of this trailer, didn't they show the big golden butthole thing in the sky, like the big circle deal. That's the biggest space. That's, anything that's that, the halo that, that has ever existed. That's it's like a, a bajillion miles yeah, wide. That's it's bigger the halo ring. Yeah, bigger than the Death Star could ever be, or the you know Snoke's yeah. Star Destroyer in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, so yeah, so it's just a lot more blow em ups, and it's a voiceover from the head dude saying, "Well, the Marine who will fight to save lives will not survive the day," and blah 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 blah. So anyway, it'll just you know, it, it, you know, it's fine by me. I enjoyed it, but again, as we talked about at the time, I'm not coming from it from a you know a conceptual point of view where i'm like well this is not the book was better you know like one of those the book was always better people yeah the video game was better and they didn't cover blah 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 who cares it's a tv show so you know it's yeah. it's not the same medium you're not going to get the same beats and if you did it would it would impress a very small group of who they really need to make it be successful and clearly the first season was successful because they made another one they didn't just make it they just make it for giggles you know some people some people watched it and liked it so yeah so i'm excited and i'm assuming if this was a march release maybe this is a end of first quarter early second quarter kind of deal it's uh february actually uh so it's very soon okay oh yeah you know Um, what you're right it did give a date and i went ahead and put it on our calendar so yes yeah so uh i think i think i'm hoping they've learned some lessons because you know we're getting nobody ever learns anything ever we're getting well we're getting really good video game content now we're getting like Mm -hmm. the last Mm -hmm. of us so it's like oh it's must watch and um 
and Halo where it's much more action oriented and um, it's a game all about killing aliens. That's what it all is. And that the pew, TV pew, series pew. had very little bit of killing aliens, which I get. Well, you don't want to do that. But um, they spent a lot of time building up the whole uh, Spartans and what they're about and how they were created. And then right. uh, very little about the actual alien threat which is the Covenant, who basically come in and absorb species into their... Uh, yum, 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 Well, yeah, right. no, into the class structure. And they basically oh, enslave them to work for them. And then uh, you typically see, like... That's why you typically will see, like, three or four different types of alien types. Like, mm-hmm. brutes who look like more like um, like apes. You've got, like, the, the, the grunts who look more like uh, insects, kind of. So you get more of that. So hopefully, and I think we now are seeing like we're actually seeing the real threat finally versus just oh we got to take out Chief. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, it was a lot of like him and that have the relationship with the girl yeah. and uh, the spy. So we're hopefully we're like we built that up, but now we can get into the main uh, part of the show, which is more like about the series, which is about the alien threat and right. uh, Spartans and Todd. Once so again, we... alien. <laughs> if we get there with that and they've improved, yeah. perfect. Right. Because um, I did like it when they did certain action scenes. I, liked, I thought they looked pretty good. Yeah. They looked pretty neat. So excellent very good awesome well yeah it's uh you're right it was something you know tip the floodgates and we have i mean we talked about four trailers and there were two others that we that we didn't because there was there was a clip from the discovery one as well so yeah so there's a lot of stuff coming out uh you know and thankfully obviously because the writer's strike is over and the sag after strike is over people can go out talk about them promote them so the entertainment industry resumes which again when we get to the uh the 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 Thunderdome, I got a bit to say about that as well. But anyway, that is the end of the news. Time to get out that Fuber app, that feeble Uber app. The Geek Easy awaits. It's time to get down to Scuggsville, nasty town, and talk about things we are enjoying. So let's do it. Hey, Secret Friends Unite, let me tell you about Zencaster. We use them for our show, and now they're supporting us. Zencaster is now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio-quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. And we chose Zencaster because of the ease of use, uh, high quality output, and we it makes it super easy for our guests to come on. Uh, we had multiple solutions we tried before, and Zencaster has just been the best fit for us. Why Zencaster? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. Record studio-quality sounds and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Have you ever worried what you sound like? Zencaster's post-production process makes you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes those ums and ahs in your recording. It removes those awkward pauses in conversation, too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with the click of a button. So if you're interested in making an easy, high-quality podcast just with the click of a browser button, go to Zencaster.com slash SFU and use our code SFU you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Now back to the show. Talk nerdy to me. 
talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover band's playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our geek on. So um, I've been watching a lot of animation lately. Charlie, I won't go deep on this one, but I'm actually finally watching the Cleveland show and I'm enjoying oh, it. Oh, I um, don't. I certainly have watched a bit of that, but it's it um, gets better. The first season does. is really rough. It does yeah. get better. Okay. The characters grow on you and how you find long? the characters that are endearing. I mean, how long was it on for? Was it on for four seasons? Wow. And yeah. fam- Family Guy is the next wave of The Simpsons. It's still on. It's been 20 it's seasons. moving. Yeah, it's moving to and it's moving to another day. So it's going to move out of Sunday, oh, which that's is funny. Weird. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, yeah, wow. So you watched the Cleveland show. But anyway, so you've been watching some some animation. Yeah. What are you what are you watching? Yeah, there's a new show called Crepopolis, which is part of the new we, Fox yeah. animation domination wave. Yeah. I guess they, they even we, call it that way. We talked about that. Those are all on Hulu, right? Like I can watch those on Hulu. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So this this show is by I believe it's Dan Harmon. So if you think about the guy behind Community and also yeah, yeah, uh, okay. Rick and Morty, uh, he's got this show called Crepopolis, and it's set in like call it like you know greek times where there's gods and there's goddesses and mystical creatures yeah and the main character is essentially the king of this land and his mother he's he's a demigod and his mother is uh, a goddess and his dad is like a chimera slap it's a creature so he's a creature so he's like half and half and he's got siblings that are also like one's like a but he's still got a human wiener so that's why exactly yeah (laughs) he's like a centaur with wings and a very weird um and then he's got a sibling that is like uh a cyclops warrior woman uh and then also a brother who's like a little aqua dude think of like like a merman type character (laughs) and yeah, so it's it's pretty clever. Um, it's got a good sense of humor. The main character is um, always blank on his name. The the black guy from the IT crowd. Uh, oh, uh, Richard Iode. Yes, so he's the main character. Then you've got um, his mother, who is the voice of, uh, who's voiced by Hannah Waddingham from uh, Ted Lasso, oh, the, the owner. Uh, then you've got uh, Matt, um, I'm blank on his name, Matt. He's the vampire from um, uh, what they do in the shadows. Oh, Matt, uh, Matt Barry, Matt Barry. Yeah, so Matt so Barry it's all. Bear. So it's 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 all it's it's really it's a lot of Brits. It is. It yeah, is okay. a lot of good voice talent. Uh, and like Keith David was a big bad. Oh, in, I love Keith in the David. Episodes. Yeah. So it's you know. So I'm I I've I've watched a couple episodes. It's fun. fun. It, but yeah. like a lot of these shows, you don't really get the the feel the rhythm of comedy until like you're probably a season in because then you get, they all have their stick. They'll have their mm-hmm. thing, recurring jokes. And yeah, it like, comes f- into it, so. like family guys and, and the sides like, Oh, that time that I was in the, you know, Japanese rodeo or something, you know, it'll be like, rrr, rrr, you know, go to yeah, like the first season of Simpsons. It's not really good, <clears throat> oh, but God. It, it, it sets everything up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I, I will watch more of this. I don't know how well it's doing, but yeah, um, I I'm enjoying it. It's pretty, it's pretty goofy. Then um, the show uh, I, I just started and it's interesting. It's, it's called blue eye samurai it's on netflix this is a animated series that i i really like the animation it's it's um not really overly stylized it's very straightforward but um the animation like the movement of the characters is pretty fantastic um this is and all the episodes are almost like an hour long there's eight of them so it's very different it's long form storytelling but it's really cool about this um the the main character uh, she was essentially uh, 
born to a white father uh, and a Japanese woman. And at that time in feudal Japan, essentially uh, white people were not allowed in the country. And so she's essentially an outcast. Um, she's got blue eyes. So as a, so as a, a young child of age of seven or so, she's basically an outcast bullied and everything like that. She finds her way to basically she's on her own. Her mother was killed. You find out and her father is just basically kid, kidnapped her mother and left. So we don't actually know what's going on. So th this is a revenge tale. And um, she basically becomes an apprentice to a blind swords maker. And that I really is like it. 100% the story of Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. It was the same thing. He apprenticed to a blind swords maker. That was his story after he came back from Vietnam and everything. So Snake Eyes might show up. Hopefully it won't be the Snake Eyes from the Snake Eyes. I'm movie. sure it happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of great voice talent in this. Uh, you've got uh, Masioka from Heroes is in this. Oh, nice. Uh, Brenda Song. George oh. Kai uh, does a voice in this. Randall Park. Kenneth Branagh is a, one of the white evil dudes. One of the white and, devils. Uh, white devils. Mark Dacascos. Uh, so quite a pretty good voice cast. And there's a good sense of humor to this, but also... Um, it's adult. There's nudity, which it's surprising. There's some joke about this guy who's kind of it's, like it's, a virgin, it, and it's 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 animated nudity. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, everything looks pretty good. Um, everything. In that case, <laughs> oh god, it's pretty good. What is That's that? Oh my god. Well, like I said it's re fairly realistic too. So wow. uh, I, I think it's be it's beautiful. Kind of reminds me of um, in a lot of ways reminds me of the what if animation style. Okay. So okay. like I said, more realistic, not you know hand drawn yeah. or anything like that hand so drawn. um but, not like but i really Park. liked it oh yeah the the choreography of the fights is amazing and, and i was watching a video where they showed like essentially live action doing the choreography and they did it side by side in the animation it's mm -hmm. amazing oh, it's wow. really well done i'm enjoying it um, and, that you and said i will netflix, watch more huh? netflix yeah yeah, All right, well, yeah it's great well good well we are uh it's funny because i'm coming back we were off a week and then you did that solo so i like i was just trying to remember stuff that I have been watching is tough because a lot of stuff I watch for our Patreon because I record for the Facts Geek Life show that I do. But we have been watching the the Monarch, the Legacy of Monsters, which is a spinoff of the more current iteration of the Godzilla series. I know there's a Godzilla movie in the theaters right now. Minus but I, one. Yeah. But I don't know the context. I don't know if it's... If, if so it's... The, the Godzilla <laughs> property, like, so there's essentially like Japan has their own version of Godzilla, okay. which is separate. Like you think of like the guys in the suits. Yeah. That is owned <sighs> by uh I forgot which company, and they still license it and they make their own Japanese films. So that's yeah. minus one. Okay. Uh and then we have like the US version of Godzilla, right. which, which is, is uh, the movies and yeah, all the different yeah. stuff. So um yep. so yeah, this is uh it's a timepiece. Uh, said in from the 1950s to kind of present day, but it's sprinkled in with the chronology of the films that we've seen in, you know, in, in the aughts and the teens, you know, the, the, the Godzilla versus, you know, the King Kong, we're kind of crisscrossing with that. They touch a little of the continuity from Kong Skung Island, uh, Skull Island, but the coolest part of it, and again, we're in episode four now, and it's kind of moved away from this, but you have, uh, you have Wyatt Russell, you know, uh, the U.S. agent from Marvel, and Kurt Russell, his father playing the same character in these in, in two different time periods um, with, with not an explanation of exactly why Kurt Russell, 
who is like a hundred, uh, looks like he's, you know, you know, is in the seventies, you know? Um, but it is, it has to do with, um, following through the great mystery of keeping things under wraps. And I, I'm not going to dig too deep into spoilers because it's very dense and I should pay closer attention. Cause I'm like, what the hell's going on now? But it, it's, it, it's a, it's a little slower moving until we get to episodes three and four, where again, you're getting your storyline from the early 1950s. And then you're getting your storyline from current day, uh, showing different monsters popping up in different scenarios. Like for example, in the third and fourth, uh, episode they are in Alaska trying to chase down the lead because they're trying to find the the dead father of uh, of a couple of these characters and they they stumble upon uh, a monster that just uh, breathes ice fire uh, and it destroys the plane they came in and kills the pilot sorry about spoilers but you know you trust me when the monster appears you kind of get the feeling something like that's going to go down um, and you know but in the 50s you're showing you know like a bikini atoll kind of uh, uh, nuclear device but drawing Godzilla to it and then trying to you know blow it up because you know even though our people want to research it the army's like nope gotta blow it up bye-bye um so it's interesting to see where this is going again this is on apple plus we renewed apple plus just to watch this but also the morning show is back which is i can only watch so many episodes of that show because it's all it's all so dark and horrible that i'm like let's switch over and do the other thing we're watching right now which we're, we're watching because april's never seen most all of it uh scrubs uh which is over on hulu and talk about a show the first season that has really not aged well all the gay jokes and of course dr cox always calls jd by a girl's name and stuff and yeah, yeah. And todd is a uh, kind of a creeper yeah yeah so, todd. Uh, yeah exactly uh the other quick bit is the fear of the walking dead finally ended todd that was the walking dead show that you would never watch and i understand um but that's a show that in my mind to a certain degree of success took its initial run of it, which was it's a family from LA and, you know, it's a widowed mother and a son who's drug addicted and just a regular run of the mill teenage daughter. All of them escaped when, you know, the shit went bad. They hooked up with a con man. They stole a boat. Uh, and then they took off and had adventures down in Mexico and kind of worked their way back up into Texas. Um, and it's actually, it was one of the characters from the Texas arc, um, that ended up being the villain in this final season, this final season, they're trying to get back to, padre or south padre island they're still in texas to find sanctuary but then they have to kill to take it back and it's all this different stuff so at the end of it you do find out that madison who's played by kim dickens the mom from the beginning of the show her you know finds her long lost daughter dead they you know madison you know kills this guy you know the, the texas art guy um texarkana guy i'll call him the texarkana guy i like that better what happened and, to jenna elfman oh she still she lived she oh. lived yeah, Good she li she lived, and um, I don't. What about really Greg? Know. Is Greg I don't, there from Greg and Dharma? Uh, I think that she had to sacrifice him. Aww. She had to push him in front of the zombies, and I don't. I cannot remember what happened to um, to Morgan, to Lenny James's mm. character, who was from the original. I'm not sure what happened to him. I would have to. I probably have to go ask April. She did a better job paying attention. But at the end of it, much like with the end of Fear of the Walking Dead. You know, key characters survived with the big thrust of like they're setting up the, you know, gentlemen, start your engines for a sequel is that Alicia, who is the daughter, and then Madison, who's mom, Ken Dickens character, finally get together and they're like, you know what, we're going to we're, we're going back home to Los Angeles. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> what are you going to find in Los Angeles? You know, it's there more friggin zombies. And if you're going like going back to your house or whatever, it's probably not there. What are you going to do in Los Angeles? You know, so 
it, it was a weird ending, but again, you know, it's a, the, the world is about survival, but it's a franchise. So um, as shows continue to move forward, you might see the two of them pop up. Who the hell knows? But anyway, I think they kind of did as best as they could because they didn't have a big like super thread to wrap up. Because it's not like and we we found the cure to zombieism and we flipped the switch and all the zombies stopped zombieing and now it's just people that hasn't happened yet because they won't have a franchise anymore. Um, the next thing on the horizon for The Walking Dead is the Rick and the Show show comes out in February I think, and uh, other shows that Daryl Dixon wrapped up uh, the Maggie and Negan show in New York City that wrapped up. Um, so I think well Daryl's coming back season two right and it's going to have Carol on it. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Have not heard that that was the case about the Dead City one. I Daryl and so. Carol. Daryl, yeah, they couldn't get her because they filmed it in France. Uh, she couldn't get a passport. The actress, um, so that was the issue. Yeah, I don't know. Shit. What did she do in Paris? What, what did she on like some? Did she like? Uh, sk- uh, did she bounce a check or something? Maybe she's not this woman in the country. You, you don't know if she's an ex or something. Did she not no get idea. vaccinated? I guess not. Ooh, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they're bringing that show back. But yeah, that was how that show ended. Is you had the the stinger at the end of that was Carol had arrived where Daryl had had gone. You know, got kidnapped and on, on a boat. She it was like a town in Maine. She showed up looking for him. So obviously they're going to reconnect. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So th- there wasn't any big whiz bang conclusion to fear the walking dead it was just that you know it went out like a wet fart yeah it was the two core characters survived and they're going off on a quest that makes no sense so that's where they began yeah exactly Um, circle yeah big yeah big circle let's go back to california so anyway it's whatever you know i'm more excited for the rick and michonne show because those are the core you know those are two of the really core characters of the franchise so and it had to do with where rick was all those years because he got kidnapped by the big bad the big whatever the organization is the kind the kind of new united states government whatever kidnapped him so uh it'll be interesting to see how that plays out but that's it that's that's what i got going on so um so yeah all right so with that Todd, that takes us out of the geek easy it is time to get out that air Qantas app uh the mutants and hologram tina await us down there in the land down under where we're going to be talking about things we're not thankful for let's make it happen Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And I thought it was time. You know, we have Thanksgiving. We're thankful. We're, you know, too much positivity in the world. And it's time for us to go a little bit. um, On the other side. Yes, it's time for Festivus, an airing of grievances. Mm. Um, we did this on co-op mode. And it was actually a lot of fun. We kind of talked about, and, and you know, we want to keep it on a positive from uh, a positive from a negative perspective. Meaning, like things we just continue to see that are not good in regards to maybe trends or things like that. So we're tr- not going to be attacking individual people, things like that. We're going to be really more talking about some of the things we've seen that are just kind of like, oh, I wish man. that would change to make the, the world of geek media a better place. I got to go, got to go generic and, and about that. All right, I'll go first. The biggest thing that I'm not crazy about was this trend during the sag after strike uh, where these executives really thought at the end of the day that they had all the power. That made me crazy, you know, because you have suits. And again, it was echoed again by not naming any names. The person said, oh, the Marvels was a failure because uh, we let them run wild. There was not enough on-set supervision with the people 
there on the set, and that's why the movie was unsuccessful. Just you know, these these creatives, I you know, we deal in, endemically doing podcasting as we do. Um, we work with you know, and the, the different talent that we work with, we work with a lot of artists. Jen Watson, who's my collaborator over on Code Forty Seven, is an artist. She's she's a wonderful cosplayer. She's a very creative type. My friend Kelly Gettner, our friend Kelly Gettner up in Wisconsin, an author, a creative type. You know what I mean? All of the, you know, and, and Todd, all of us, we, you know, we, we create this. This is our art that we create all the time. Um, if there's no content, then there's no business. And it's not that we here at Secret Friends Unite are a world shattering business, you know, but if everything that dictated all types of entertainment was made by your Kathleen Kennedy's of the world or Bob Iger. Like I said, sorry to throw some names out there, but these are some of the big ones uh, and really thought that, well, we'll just go on without these people and they're going to have to do what I say. That That's ridiculous. So I am thankful to see that trend in particular take a big, you know, knee to the groin with this, the, this great victory of the end of the sag after act. I like to see artists being paid their due and really showing that they do make a difference and being able to command, you know, what they earn, you know, what they earn and, and the, you know, and the contribution to what they make in society. I mean, the whole other side of the coin that I'm hearing more and more fear about is, you know, uh, uh, AI generated art and so on and so forth. That doesn't touch me so much personally. So I guess I don't have a, a ton of opinion about it. I think it kind of sucks. Um, art is art. I'm always most interested in having people obviously be attributed for the work that they do. Um, but yeah, that's something that uh, that really drives me nuts is when these muckety mucks executive who makes tens of billions says, oh, we just can't afford to give these people this thing and that thing because it's basically, oh, well, you're going to have to sell one of your Learjets or one of your houses around the world. You know what I mean? It just really turns my stomach, you know, Rich Dixon in particular, uh, that they really think that they can drive the boat. And it's great to see these people really be taken down to their knees. So that I'm thankful to see that type of behavior uh, take a blow. Made me happy. Yeah, when all was said and done with a strike, it was essentially a much ado about nothing in regards to what the studios actually achieved, except mm -hmm. lost money, and had and ended up giving back more. So right. um, I hope they've learned something that you know next time this comes around because we know it's a three year deal yeah. that they will at least come from a position of we're we're partnering rather right. than being um, against each other because right. uh, yeah, just, they don't just didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah, they didn't want to spend another six months. All it did was take away six months of earning. Uh, both at the time it was happening and then in the 12 mm -hmm. months that followed. I mean, look at, you know, uh, the MCU has one film coming out in 2024 where they had a slate of three or four, you know? So it was, you know, let, yes, let's hope lessons are learned, although people in positions like that rarely learn lessons. But again, you know, immediately afterwards, you had one of these talking heads say, well, I think we gave up too much. You know, okay, 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 buddy. Sure you did. Yeah, yeah, it's, ugh. So anyway, let uh, yeah. So anyway, that's my that that's my biggest uh, trend that I'd like to see, and I'm sure it's not over. But it's great to see it get a get a kick squaw in the nuts, as Garrett Cartman might say. It's good stuff. Yeah, I I want to say I'm uh, unthankful for um, poor economic decisions by corporations that they made for themselves, and now everyone is being made to pay for it. Mm -hmm. um that would be disney plus uh spending on 
just to make content, not mm -hmm. actual art, not quality, not really a come from a position of we should make sure these things are of value, are, are in, uh, have good writing, good processes, um, and then making the product. And then essentially um, taking things away from people. Mm -hmm. Like things getting canceled, removed from services. Um, you know, we have like projects that we've been told that were, you know, halfway decent or already done. And then essentially being written off for mm -hmm. tax purposes. Right. And then a certain executive saying, we're actually brave for doing so. I'm like, <laughs> wait, wait, it's this. Pat myself yeah. on the back. Yeah. And then we, we, we are continuing to see this where, um, the only one that suffers typically are the creatives and everyone else. Yeah. The audience as well, because now you're essentially getting less from, for, for what you actually pay for. They're removing content. Um, what you thought you were getting on this service. Now it's no longer there because you now mean we've like, licensed it out. Like Star Trek, you know, Star Trek prodigy is a great example. And uh, Jen uh, Watson, again, my partner pointed out as we were talking, um, it wasn't a tax write down uh, to get rid of prodigy because they just disengaged it and sold it to someone else. Uh, so it wasn't, they, they just really did it because they wanted to find a way to make money because they didn't really feel that this show was uh, an overall cohesive part of the Star Trek universe. So now you have, instead of a year ago, when the Paramount Plus were saying the home of all Star Trek, we have all 13 movies, all 10 shows, all, you know, almost 900 episodes of content, whatever it is. And now, you know, you have the orphan, the cousin who's off on Netflix. And thank God they found a home. Um, but yeah, is it was it, is that going to be more like, is that going to be more like, um, not canon, it's going to be out there because it's not officially not under our banner. And, I don't and, know how that's being regarded prior to this. It was being regarded as canon. You know, this is the, because Prodigy again, focuses on it's, it's it heavily focuses on the Star Trek Voyager characters and kind of their storyline and what happens afterwards. So yeah, you're right. Is that all being erased because, but it's still, it's on screen. You know, so in, in, you know, the Star Trek rules, if it's on screen, it's so canon. is if the it's animated, screen, is the not. original animated series, is that canon too? You know what, it's funny, on screen. it's funny because it's a gray area because Gene Roddenberry himself said he didn't like it and said, well, I don't really, I feel it's somewhat apocryphal. I don't really like it, but uh, lower, Star Trek Lower Decks, which Todd, I know you're not a fan of, has found little subtle winks and nods, much like with Star mm -hmm. Wars, bringing back the EU stuff kind of pulling it in so they're like they had an episode where uh you know the, the episode of the old animated show had a you know a, a giant spock uh simula or basically the, somebody cloned spock and he was giant size well the skeleton of that shows up in an episode of lower decks uh in in a collector's collection you know what i mean 100 years later so it, it kind of winks and the nods of bringing stuff back the same way they really do in star wars because in star wars you know when disney bought it everything else got flushed that wasn't that yeah. wasn't uh live action content yeah. uh or yeah 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 so it's like it's like all of these things coming together. We heard about you know the the most recent one was the the Looney Tunes uh, Coyote versus Acme that was canceled was going to be written off and now that's being uh, going to be you know I guess shopped around for someone else. Oh, to make. so it's kind of the same deal. Yeah. So with all of this, I just feel like it's it's so many studios um, just making bad decisions and everyone else's paying for it and everybody think well it's not a big deal but it's like well imagine you spent 
how many months or years of your life making that. And that would be on your resume to right. share, like to get new jobs. And right. if it would, didn't even appear, then you could, you couldn't, I mean, to be like, well, what'd you do? Uh, something that didn't get released. Well, I worked. Yeah. Really I worked bad, right? thing, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like, you know, was it bat, bat woman, bat woman, bat girl, bat girl, the very famously canned. Correct. And they're like, Oh, we did this cause the quality wasn't up to par or whatever. And then they released flash and it's one of the biggest disasters of all time. Well, that movie was, apparently made for it to be a movie where Batwoman was made for streaming. And when you make something for streaming, the quality, I mean, think You're about Titan. Yeah. Titan was made for streaming. Is Titans going to be, are you going to put that on the big screen? Well, I didn't Probably know not. that. I didn't yeah. know that Batwoman or not Bat, or Batgirl was, I thought it was, it wasn't made to be a theatrical film. No, it's meant to be for max uh, and a uh, smaller okay. budget, like $80 million. And apparently everything came out of that movie was not going to be good. So that's where he basically okay. said, we don't want this out there. Cause it looks like another, you know, stinker for DC. Cause I mean, yeah. And then, yeah. And again, what's hilarious is that then, yeah, the flash comes out and it's, it is a, it is a turd in the wind. It's one, like I said, it's one of the biggest losers of all time. Um, I mean, it did get positive reviews, though. I don't think it was like people hated the movie. Some people did. Some I, people I didn't. didn't but... I didn't hate it. Hate it. I enjoyed watching oh. it. But but again, um, it just it wasn't successful. So you know, you can't but yeah, spend three hundred million dollars on a movie, have it delayed multiple times, have the stink of a bad actor, yeah, and then release it and expect it to be a success. If you like, if you did expect that movie to be a success, we're yeah silly. We're just going to pull it out, you know, or, you know, yeah. Indiana Jones kind of hinging on uh, creating an audience out of a property exactly. that, that an entire generation has only yeah. passing familiarity with. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got another one, Charlie? Um, why don't you do another one? I'll see if I can think of okay. something. So I'm going to say uh, I am unthankful for the fact that we're continuing to see streaming prices of services go up with, I would say, less value um we're seeing less releases we're seeing um we used to get movies day and date now we aren't they're getting right. delayed we don't know like barbie still hasn't shown up on hbo max and that's a warner yeah. brothers property uh and you know you think about that so it's like okay is it now worth the price we're going to pay considering mm -hmm. every service has gone up right. and i'm not going to be one of the people like well we, we should go back to cable no because cable yeah. still wouldn't give you netflix it wouldn't give you all those things right. that have the good stuff now right. i just am not getting mtv and all that crap that nobody cared for anyways so um and and i'm hearing rumors now that paramount plus and apple may even merge in I regards to I, as a service i did hear that as well yeah, yeah. what exactly so, does that all mean yeah yeah so like you said like i mean well we had paramount plus merge with showtime but are we really going to get new Showtime content or is it just going to be it's all old Paramount, Showtime yeah. content right. and it'll just be new Paramount Plus? So I, I am worried where this all is going because right. people are going to start cutting back. And I mean, yeah. and I don't know if it's worth it to people. What's must see, what's not. I don't regularly subscribe to Apple TV Plus because Same. quite honestly, their amount of releases are just staggered. And I'm like. I'll just wait until something good comes yeah, out. Ted Lasso's not coming back. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. it's, 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 it's a trend that I don't know is for the best mm -hmm. and essentially is going to make, I think it's going to shake things up in a bad way where we're going to see less content, less stuff made, and we're going to be paying more. And I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, my most recent one I'm not thankful for, uh, is, um, Pay, playing roulette with licensed properties when it comes to comics you know my my biggest one that i was really chagrined was i was 
starting to get back into G.I. Joe because I was so enjoying the what I think is very successful uh, string of hits with the G.I. Joe Classified series, releasing a lot of great figures. It really got my excitement up. And again, you've got a property that has no successful films because they've all been trash. Let's face it. Um, there hasn't been a, you know, a cartoon product in 20 years, and I didn't even really pay attention to that. Um, and, you know, I grew up with the comics, loved the comics, but I got out of print comics a long time ago because, you know, by the thought process of, well, you know, if it's something that's streaming, I'll find it because you and I both uh, use Marvel Unlimited, DC Universe, Comixology uh, Unlimited, which is, excuse me, as of the time you're listening to this is now simply Kindle because that's that service will have dissolved entirely as of December the 4th, as I recall. Um, but So I'm getting back into G.I. Joe, found out that, you know, I, I knew about a year ago that it went away, uh, but when it went away, it disappeared digitally cannot find it unless you're in the resources of the dark web and i wanted to pay for it outright i wanted to you know hey these volumes of trade paperbacks that i used to borrow from um comiXology they were you know one volume was 10 issues of the classic series which is 155 issues i had a few of them still borrowed but i read volumes one through four when i get to volume five i didn't have it and i couldn't find it so then I am left to start what I've been doing for the last four or five months is, like I was telling you, there was a Grand Rapids Comic Con. I was going from booth to booth. What do you got? G.I. Joe Comics do you got? What do you got? And, you know, they're not super expensive, you know, three, four, five bucks each. But that, that series went to 155 A big group of time went by. Larry Hama came back. They started at 156 and They went all the way up to 300 None of them to be found digitally. You know, and when issue 301 hit last month, which again, well, that's something I should have talked about that I picked that up and enjoyed that. But again, I was able to intuit what the hell was going on. But not only had I not read issue 300, but it was nowhere that I could find it unless I did what I did. I managed to find a copy because I went around on Black Friday and went to some different shops. So, um, the, yeah, the, the same roulette that you experience with streaming services, you'll get with comics as well, in particular if they're not part of big dynasties like Marvel or DC. Marvel and DC hang on to their stuff, but how many um, licensed you know properties that Marvel or DC had back in the 80s like Old Battlestar Galactica comics or Indiana Jones, which thankfully I have every copy of it uh, in print, and I and I those were very very formative stories for me. Some of the first I ever read, so I love them. Um, but back in two thousand and nine, when Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull came out, they published uh, I think IDW or, or maybe it was Dark Horse had the license at the time published some very nice volumes of it, which completely disappeared without a print. Now they're two hundred bucks each. Will never exist again digitally. My hope was when this last film came out that they would become available digitally again, but because the film bombed and subsequently the figure line bombed, uh, Indiana Jones is probably gone for good. So I'm glad that I have my, cause I, I've sold comic collections twice in my life. Now all that I collect is out of print stuff. I find a GI Joe or an Indiana Jones, or like I said, a Battlestar Galactica or just something weird or bizarre. And I'll snag a copy of it because, um, just like with, oh man, I bought stuff on digital. Now I buy a lot of movies I buy. I do buy them digitally. I don't do discs. But like, oh, I can find that on Netflix or whatever and this and that. And you're never going to be able to keep up with uh, counting on that you can find something 
that's not physical. It was just funny. We've just, we've come all the way around to saying, Hey, we're going to have to buy discs and, and, and individual comic books again, because it's the only way I know that I'm always, ever going to be able to actually if they keep it. making discs though. That's the problem. Yeah. A lot of times they're going to just go away from discs or they won't have, I mean, like somebody was talking about like, and this just happened on Sony, um, on the PlayStation that some of some seasons of discovery produced content are being removed by the licensor, mm. even though you bought them. Right. Um, and it's like to point like, okay, yeah, I could get a disc. Are you going to buy a season of honey boo? Here comes honey boo boo or like a reality. <laughs> the problem is you, they aren't going to put discs out for all that stuff. And There's it doesn't exist. Your... Content to make yeah. discs. Right. So I, I, I think you can say, well, just go physical. I'm like, Good luck with that. Look at how many places are not even selling discs anymore. Right. Well, for me, Best you know, Buy is getting rid of discs yeah, and I would, CDs. For me, Can you it, not even buy a CD these days? I haven't owned a CD in 15 years, exactly. you know, and, and as far as the discs, I sold a bunch of them, um, at, at like a flea market a couple of years ago when, you know, when I was that long stretch yeah. when I was unemployed during COVID. That's um, a lot of times the way you can only find like certain recordings because right. not everything like live, like live concert, uh, mm-hmm. recordings, like, like I think, was it live aid or, or farm aid? I think one of those are live aid. I was starting to find that like back like, in the, the one from back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like finding like recording of concerts, not always going to be available oh, wow. either. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So I, uh, I, I tightened up and I, I have on, you know, my wish list or whatever, the different seasons of the more modern Star Trek shows, cause I'm going to get them and I'm just going to put them away. Cause I expect to always have Paramount plus because it's very integral to watching content that we talk about over on code 47. So I always have it. Paramount but plus still exists, right? If it still exists, like, what if it, yeah. What if it merges and then all the Star Treks get spun off and here, there. So, yeah, so I am, I'm, I'm putting more of a focus on it. And again, you know, the DS nine and Voyager, those will never be made into HD. So hang on to those discs and I've got them all. I've got them all in the big binder right behind me. Cause we use it when we do comic cons at the booth, we, you know, we show them. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so I, I'm not, I'm not super happy about the digital juggling, um, and I'm not happy about having to go back and buy all these issues, you know, half of which I've never read, um, because I would love to just like when I read through Amazing Spider-Man 10 years ago and I got all the way that I was able to read absolutely everything on my Marvel Unlimited app. And it was just from one issue to the next, never had to hunt and dig and and try to find them. So it sucks that it's that way. But again, we've come all the way back around that having it in your hands is is really the only way to have it. If, if it's something that's old, if it's something that's new, you're kind of out of luck. So yeah, there's always YouTube, right? In the dark web. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And licensed things are always, have always been that way. Yeah. Anything that's licensed, uh, you know, you're likely to not like video games. A lot of video games, they, they lose the rights. Like even Microsoft, they have a car racing game. Well, they had licensed music. Or they have licenses to get the cars. Well, if they lose those, they can't do it. So you basically have had to own a copy, and hopefully they'll continue to offer it on their servers uh, and do that. So there was um, or or TV shows like Thirty Rock. Oh, this episode is you know is deemed offensive, so we're going to remove it from streaming. Show guys a girl in a pizza place. Nobody's showing that show. It's niche. I found it on DVD, pretty cheap, so I bought it um, just because Uh, it's not a great show. Yeah, WKRP in Cincinnati is a great double example only the first season of it was produced on disc um and the rest of it not being made available because a lot of the licensing for the music that they played in their interstitials because it's a radio station they didn't have the rights to so they had to go back and swap it out with elevator music and it was just like the only way yeah the only way that you can deal with that is by having something on yeah. disc because you it's know a, we never had this done. you know nobody ever complained about not having 
you know, this show back in the 80s because no one had anything physical except for right. records and things. Right. TVs and movies, like, you, you Well, you I, just, I, I just I just shared a post on our Discord today at uh, this time of year, or th- this is the 40th anniversary of the home video release of Raiders of the Lost Ark, two years after it came out. But it was a big deal because it was a home video release at a very affordable $39.95, which even back there in, you know, $1983 yeah. was probably a hundred bucks or pretty close to it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, now it's, you know, yeah, they're on Disney plus now, but what if someday they're not because, you know, Disney is moving things around. They got to sell off things so that they can stay floating. And so, yeah, ultimately, like I said, we've come back around to where we were 20 years ago when DVDs were new, even before Blu-rays, where everything came out on DVD. And if you get it, you know, put it in a tub in your basement and put it. I have I have rafters in my garage. I think that's where I'm going to start putting all my DVDs and CDs so that when I die, my heirs will be able to have access to all the things that probably as don't long exist as you anymore. have ability to play those, Charlie. Because you know, oh, you're DVD absolutely players right. Will not be around forever. I will and have discs to do get digital rot. So I'll put a, I'll, I'll have to put the a DVD player in like a plastic bag and wrap it up so it's still in there. Exactly. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, yeah so there's um, no guarantee. Yeah. I, so I have one more. Okay, um, go ahead, go for it. That was that was me. I came first, up with that off fly. Yeah, so go for it. No, that's a great one. It's a great one because we are. These are all these trends that are like we just are hating to see. Um, the trend I'm hating to see is everything is politicized. I hate. I'm unthankful for the politici- politicization of everything. Yeah, the whole agreed. get woke, get broke. You know, where the people say, "Oh, if it's got any like positive messages for LGBTQ, oh, it's not going to make any money." Like, or, like, like, like Lightyear. Lightyear is a great example from last year. Exactly. Enjoy, enjoyed that film, but there was a micro uh, inclusion of a same-sex couple and everybody was up in arms and the and the, and the or, movie failed or a black little mermaid oh my god that's not kidding i'm like yes because we've all seen mermaids and we all know what mermaids right. should look like exactly <laughs> yeah oh it's, it's kind of silly and but then we get on the other side of like people think there's a political agenda against certain content like um the the, the one i'm hearing right now and i know it's a mixed bag and we talked about the marvels why isn't doing well uh, oh, because men are against it and they don't want to see strong females. I'm like, well, why did Barbie do over $1.4 billion, get right. positive reviews? Um, and sometimes, you know, there's other things at it than uh, uh, a negative conspiracy. Right. Sometimes, you know, and, and like I said, this, if that many people want to see Barbie then and they wanted to support female uh, heroes, then why didn't they all go see the Marvels? Well, maybe they didn't care about some things in the marvels or or, you know same thing like that i mean so i I just i feel like people have to look beyond um their own agenda why something they liked or hate failed or succeeded and just move on support the things you want tell your friends to go take them to it uh or boycott on your own uh, you know on your own means if you want but man, no i mean getting tiresome and 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 Barbie's a great example because you yeah, hold it up against the Marvels, which was a very run of the mill space science fiction comic movie, where Barbie was a very tight pointed story, made a lot of really incredible points, did something that hadn't been done before. And again, Todd, we talked about summer of last year with Top Gun Maverick touching the quadrants, you know. Men and yeah. women above and below a certain age. That, that gives you your four quadrants. That's like the opposite of a woke film, too. Did really well. So we can't say, like, right. you know, 
you know, masculine shooting things down with a, a jet. Right. Oh, we can't have that in yeah, America anymore. Two diametrically opposed concepts. So it's proof that women enjoyed going to see Top Gun Maverick and men enjoyed going to see Barbie. See I loved Barbie. it. We we all, yeah. we all loved it here. You know what I mean? And I didn't feel threatened by it. I didn't feel like, oh, this is just about man-hating and blah, blah, blah. No, no I mean, it t- I thought it told a very good story with some very great pointed messaging yes. about things that are real in life and I'm receptive to it because I'm not an asshole. I think that's what helped me enjoy the movie. You know what I yeah. mean? And because I yeah. don't hate, you know, I don't think all women hate men and I don't hate all women. I've had some reason to in my time, but haven't we all to hate people in general, but I thought it was a great message because I think the things that they spoke to really resonated and my mind was open, but open-minded people are, uh, they're not exactly a dime a dozen. You know that as well as I do. Oh, and, and, you know, it's celebrating certain movies that can be made and, you know, a licensed property like Barbie and just yeah. showing a creator, uh, you know, Greta Gerwig. Awesome. Great job. Yeah. I mean, picking the right actors and having a good time, a good, solid script, right. you know, a, a, a plot that wasn't hard to struggle. And you know what, Charlie, I didn't have to know 50 years of Barbie to get the plot. Right. <laughs> watch oh, you didn't tie Barbie in all movies. the animated series. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the and Barbie then, magazine, the Barbie horse adventures video game. I right. didn't have to know any of that just to enjoy the film. Very meta, very self-referential, yeah. very, very uh, able to poke fun at itself and then just embracing kind of what it was. Um, exactly. Where the Marvels, you know, not so much. They had some very standard paint-by-numbers Marvel kind of beats, you know. Oh, it's going to be a yeah. thing, and it's going to be this and that, and at the end of it, there's a stinger that's going to tell you about the next movie. I still enjoyed the Marvels, but again, you're, you're talking about two things that, two genres that are not at all connected where Barbie was a, you know, kind of a meta comedy satire. Dramedy, yeah. yeah. Where, where the Marvels was a comic film, which we already know as a franchise is experiencing extraordinary fatigue based on things yeah. like the flash Aquaman comes out in a couple of weeks. I, you know what? I'm, I'm not feeling positive about Aquaman, you know, no, Ant-Man didn't do well. And Ant-Man, um, yeah. Ant-Man was bad. You know, yeah, exactly. Even black Panther two, I mean, struggled yeah. to meet the heights and that's expected because these were now in like what year 12 of superhero films. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Of the kind of the Marvel dynasty. Yeah. No, we're, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, 12, well, uh, 15, yeah, 2008 was Iron Man. So, yeah, 15 years in. So, yeah, everything, you know, Westerns weren't popular forever. They, you know, they ebbed and flowed. Could be time, you know, time for that to go away. And the next big thing will come along. It's just nothing, nothing stays, nothing stays up forever. What's the next big trend? What's the next big trend we can't get enough of? Is it going to be? Horses. uh, Macho Dojo Casa and all Barbie. Well, it'll be Barbie. It'll be Barbie like self-referential stuff because that was a big hit. So everybody's going to go after Charlie. Barbie, yeah. It'll be Tarzan films because you know what? We can't get enough Tarzan. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to bring back something to defend the next thing. So anyway, oh, cool. I like it. No, this was this was a good one. This was a good one. I liked it. Yeah, so, you know, let us know in the world what, what you are not thankful for. Obviously, we don't want to attack people or things like that. Obviously, studio executives... They're up for grabs. They yeah. make so much money. Trends. They're a politic- they're a per- they're a, a figure that make bad decisions that yeah. hurt people. Uh, yeah, so exactly you know correct. what? Go after them, but don't hurt you know actors, directors, people right. who are making creative decisions. Unless they're horrible people, then you know you choose your own adventure. Yes, you do it. It's all up in the air. Well, cool. Well, friends, that is the end of our program. Todd, where do people find you out there? 
Uh, they can find me at T Oxtra and at Secret Friends Unite on threads and still out there on Twitter just hanging out, uh, making sure I friend all my old friends from Twitter and put them on threads uh, because it's still, <laughs> you know, that's still where a lot of people are. And I still want to make sure, you know, we're, we're communicating, but it's not uh, I don't dwell there as much as I used to. Yeah. As opposed to me, I did delete it all together, particularly after Elon's little temper tantrum this week. I'm really done. And that's okay. But you know what? I'm glad you're keeping it active. I also am over on threads and on Instagram trying to trying to share some content, share some thoughts. I'm kind of a slow go. But I am C3 Carpenter over there. Just spell it out. I'm not too terribly hard to find. And as always, uh, my wife April and I do run the USS Grand Petoskey. That is one of the biggest chapters of the International Star Trek fan club in the world. I'm also privileged enough to run Region 13, which is Michigan in eastern canada we have a, a really robust growing uh, presence particularly here in michigan of new chapters if you're a trekker in michigan or eastern canada or anywhere within the sound of my voice would like to learn more about sfi please give us a google or definitely uh find me uh and send me a dm because i would like to connect you with other trekkers where you live so with that todd it's great to be back missed being on sfi but we're unstoppable we're plugging towards episode 500 uh, i'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking be the hero not the villain in a truck mcclunky mcclunky this podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.